It's good to see you this morning. If there are any primary school age children here or toddlers here this morning, then we do have kids zone out in the, in the foyer there. So if you'd like to take your children out there, then there'll be a time where they can receive ministry this morning. But this morning, it's good to see you. It's good to be in church and everything's falling out of my Bible. So but it's good to be here this morning. It's great to see each and every one of you today. And this morning, we're going to begin a new series uh, on a Sunday morning, and this series will take us right throughout this summer period. Uh, and I believe that this series that we're going to start this morning is, is a very important series within the life of this church, within this new chapter, this next chapter within the life of this church. You know, last week we celebrated, we honoured Pastor Rob and Sharon, and we thank God for their eight years with us. But you know, we are believing and holding on to God's promise for this church that God is going to do great and mighty things. There's been a glorious start, but we are believing as a church that it's going to be an even more glorious finish to this church. That we're going to see God do great and mighty things within this place. We are believing that we're going to see lives transformed. We're going to see families saved, children saved, young people saved. We are believing we'll see Abraham saved and Abadeh saved for the glory of God. So we are believing that God is going to do great mighty things and we're going to start this new series and as you can see on the screen behind me the title of this series is a new beginning and we're going to be looking at over this summer period we're going to be going through the book of joshua together now those of you who are on social media on on instagram or on facebook or twitter and all these things over this last week we've been doing some devotionals online we're already going through the book of joshua so if you'd like to follow those then please Follow our social media and you can catch up and read those daily devotionals. We'll be doing these for the next 21 days. But as a church, we're going to be starting and going through this over the next few Sunday mornings. So, the book of Joshua, a new beginning. And if you have your Bibles, can you please turn to Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to 18. Verse 1 to 18. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. And the book of Joshua is found in the Old Testament towards the beginning of the Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land which I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, 
Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go into the, uh, and take the possession of the land that the Lord your God has given you for, you for your own. But the Reubenites and the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you in the east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as they have done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land, the Lord your God has given them. After that you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Or whatever you send us, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. What an incredible first few verses. What an incredible chapter that is. Joshua chapter 1. And I'm sure many of you have read through the book of Joshua. I know a few years ago Pastor Rob led us through this book again. But I believe the Lord has laid this on our heart as we begin this next chapter in the life of our church. Now me and Chloe, we love to watch movies. We love to go through movies, and I'm sure many of you love to watch movies as well. And we like to watch box sets of movies. We don't like just to watch one standalone movie. We like to go through box sets. And some of our favorite movies include like Marvel and all these different action and adventure movies. But our favorite movies of all time, and Chloe would agree, are the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm not sure if many of you have seen these films, but we love the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and we love to watch The Hobbit. And we seem to watch these once every year. Chloe demands that we watch it more and more. She'd watch them every week. But these films, each film alone, there's three films in the trilogy, and there's, in each film, they're about three and a half hours long. But they're incredible films. And it's about the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, if you haven't watched them, it's about this one ring, this evil ring. And it's destroying all the land, and there's this bad guy, and he's looking to destroy the land. But there's this group of people who rise up who want to take this ring and destroy it. So they head out on a journey. And recently, as I said, we watched this film. And we watched The Fellowship of the Ring, the first ring. And there's this one scene in this movie, in, this, in the first movie, there's this one scene which really stood out to me as I watched it. I've watched it for many years. I used to have nightmares about it. My father used to put this film on for me. And I used to get scared of this film. But there's this one scene in particular that really stood out to me as I watched it. It's as the travelers, they come out and they emerge from these mines, the mines of Moria. And there's some orcs, the bad guys there, trying to kill the good guys. And they travel through these mines and they come out into daylight. But they are devastated as they come out of these mines, as they travel towards Mordor to destroy this ring. They're devastated. They're forlorn. They're almost hopeless as they come out of the mines. And the reason for that is Gandalf, their leader, was dead. He had fallen in the mines of Moria and he's dead. And all you see, there's these scenes in this movie where all of the travelers, this group of nine people who are going to destroy the ring, they destroyed. They're wondering what on earth is going to happen. There's a few of them who are crying on the hills, a few of them who don't know what to do. They don't have a clue what they're to do. They don't know how they're going to finish this journey because Gandalf was the one who knew the way and he was the one who was going to lead them to destroy the ring. And as I thought about that scene, as I thought about that movie, 
I thought about this scenario that we've read here, this scene in Joshua chapter 1. I'm sure that's how the, the people of Israel must have felt when Moses had died. Their great leader who had led them out of slavery from Egypt, he was now dead. The leader who saw the Red Sea parted so that they might travel through and see all of Pharaoh's armies destroyed. This leader, this great leader who had led them right to the verge of the, of the promised land, he was now dead. And I'm sure they faced questions just like the people in the Lord of the Rings. Who would lead them now? Who's going to lead them on this journey? How would they face the conquest in order to take the promised land, that land that God had given them? You know, they stood, the people of Israel, they stood on the brink of an unknown land. This land was populated by warriors, peoples, and the Bible says it was even populated by giants. Now, the people of Israel, they had just wandered around in the desert for 40 years. They'd just been wandering around. They'd been aimless. They didn't know which way to go. They were waiting on the, on the cusp of this promised land. And their future, it seemed almost uncertain. It seemed far from certain. But you know the incredible thing as we begin to read this book is that their future wasn't uncertain because God had made a covenant with them. God had made a promise to them. Even though their leader had died, even though they weren't sure which direction they were going in, God had made a promise to his people. God had said that he would uphold his side of the promise to make Israel a great nation, to make them a great land, to lead them in the promised land if they upheld their side of the deal and that was that they were to trust in the Lord and to obey him to follow his guidance to follow his leading and if they didn't do that then the consequences would be dire so God didn't leave them he promised he would uphold his side of the deal that he would lead them into the promised land into all that he had promised them and so God he raises up a leader even though Moses had died Moses had an assistant and God had been developing this man, Joshua. And we read it there, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river, Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. God doesn't leave the nation on his own. God didn't abandon the people when Moses died. God raised up a leader. Moses had an assistant and God had prepared him. And we see that this man, Joshua, he is going to take center stage throughout this book. As we travel throughout the book of Joshua, this book is about him. And we're going to learn more and more about him. But this morning, before we dive into the book, before we dive into the great battles and the stories and the scenes that are going to come, before we see all the great things that God is going to do, We've got to ask ourselves, who is Joshua? And how and why did God choose him to succeed Moses? What was so special about Joshua, this man Joshua? How come he had the privilege of leading the people of Israel into the promise of God, into the promised land? And so over these next two Sundays, we're going to look at Joshua. We're going to look at his life and we're going to discover a few things about the life of Joshua. The first thing that we discover. We're going to look at two elements this morning, two things about Joshua. The first thing is that Joshua, before he ever succeeded Moses, before he ever led Israel, first of all, Joshua, he was a slave. You know, God spent many years preparing Joshua. 
It wasn't just the spur of the moment thing that all of a sudden Moses died and God thought, right, we need to find someone, so let's get this guy, Joshua. You can come and lead the, uh, the people of Israel into the promised land. No, it wasn't like that. God had a strategy and God had been preparing and developing Joshua for years and years. He prepared him for his calling. Now, Joshua, he was born into slavery in Egypt. And in the book of Numbers, in chapter 13 and verse 8, we see that Joshua, his first name is Hoshea. That is the first name that is given to Joshua. And this name means salvation. That is the name that he was given. But later on in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 16, we see that Moses, he changes his name to Joshua. And his name, it means Jehovah is salvation. And this is the Hebrew form of Jesus. This name is the Hebrew form of Jesus. Joshua is the Hebrew form of Jesus. And you can find out about that in Matthew chapter 121, Acts 7 verse 5 and Hebrews chapter 4 verse 8. But you know, when his parents gave that name, when, the parent, when his parents gave the name to that baby, that name salvation, they were bearing witness to their faith in God's promise that God would redeem his people, that God would save his people from slavery, that God would deliver his people. And they were speaking and they gave that name to him. God is our salvation. And that is what Moses changed it to, to Joshua, that God had a plan to save his people. Now, Joshua... He belonged to the tribe of Ephraim, and he was the firstborn of the son of Nun. He was the firstborn of the son of Nun. And that meant, if you read through Exodus and you see all the stories that happened in Exodus while the people of Israel were in slavery, we see the story of Passover, when the angel of death would pass over the firstborn, and he killed the firstborn children who, uh, of the homes who didn't have the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And that meant Joshua, he was the firstborn. But his, that meant his life would have been in danger on that night of Passover. But we see that Joshua had faith in God. And not only that, he was protected by the blood of the Lamb. He painted the blood of the Lamb over the doorpost. So Joshua was protected. And while Joshua was in Egypt, he seen Moses. He's seen God do incredible things. Joshua saw all the signs and wonders that God had performed. And you know the incredible thing, while Joshua was a slave, while he was in Egypt, while he seen God do all these things, he realized and he began to know from, a young, uh, know from a young age that God was a God of power and that there was only one true God and that Jehovah was the one true God and that he was a God of power, but not only that, that God was a God who would care for his people, who would protect his people, who would look after his people. He knew that God was the one true God. You know, you can't, can't imagine that, can you? Joshua, he would have been the one, he would have saw the Red Sea being parted before his eyes. He would have seen the Red Sea being closed on the enemies behind him. What an incredible privilege that would have been for Joshua. You know, Joshua, he was a man of faith. He was a man who trusted in God. He knew that Jehovah was the one true God and he saw and he believed that God would do wonders for his people. He knew that God would do great and mighty things. So Joshua, he was a slave first of all. Before he ever took on leading the people of Israel, he was a slave. But he saw God do great and mighty things while he was a slave. God was preparing him as, his, as a slave. He was showing him his might and his power and his care and his love towards his people. Secondly, we see that Joshua goes from being a slave to becoming a soldier. Now the first official act of Joshua in scripture 
is his defeat of the Amalekites when they attacked Israel about two months after Israel had come out of Egypt. We see that the Israelites, they attack the Amalekites, these people, and Joshua is the one who is fighting there. You know, Moses, he was a prophet and he was a legislator, but Joshua was a general. He had exceptional military skills. He was exceptional in battle. Joshua was a general. Not only that, Joshua, he was a great man of courage. He wasn't afraid to confront the enemy. And he was a man who trusted in the Lord that the Lord would give him victory. Whatever battle he faced, he knew that God would give him the victory. He trusted in God. Now, where did Joshua learn to fight? Where did he learn to use a sword? Well, we must know, first of all, that, it, well, that God had definitely gifted him to fight. It was God who had given him this ability to fight and to fight the enemy, to be a general in the army. But you know, one thing we must realize this morning is that even heavenly gifts must be discovered and they must be developed in an earthly setting. You know, just because God might have gifted you and given you a talent doesn't mean that we are to, not to develop that gift. We've got to harness that and develop that to use it to the best of our ability for the glory and honor of God. You know, I, many years ago, I knew that God had called me to become a pastor. But I didn't know what to do. Just because God had called me didn't mean that I was prepared, that I was ready. There are many years where I've had to learn, where I've had to learn to study, where I've had to get into the Word of God, where God has been shaping me and molding me to lead the church. And that doesn't mean just because I'm leading the church now, it doesn't mean that I'm ready now. God is still molding me, He's still developing me, He's still training me. And just because God might have gifted you this morning, it doesn't mean that He's finished. Those gifts have got to be developed, they've got to be changed, they've got to be nurtured, and we've got to develop those gifts. So I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're here and you, you're not sure of what the gift God has given you. Maybe you're not sure what that gift is or what that talent is. This morning, seek God. Ask him, God, how have you gifted me? How can I serve you? Show me where I can serve you, where I can bless you, where I can give glory unto your name, where I can help for, to expand your kingdom. Show me where I can do that and help me to develop that gift. And I want to encourage you. God can help you. He can show you that gift and he can begin to develop it. Work with God. It doesn't matter how young you are this morning. You may be 10, you may be 9, but God has gifted each and every one of us. The Bible tells us he's given us a gift. So ask God, what is that gift and how can I use it for your glory and for your honor? Ask him this morning. So God had gifted Joshua. He had learned how to fight. He was a general. God had given him this incredible gift. But we're not fully sure. Also, the Bible doesn't tell us. But, you know, maybe Joshua had some time in the Egyptian army. Maybe he learned to fight there in the Egyptian army as well. But, you know, it says in Exodus, Exodus chapter 17 and verse 14. Exodus, actually, we read it from Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. It says, the Amalekites came and they attacked the Israelites at Rephraim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our great men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him as he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. 
So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, uh, then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under the sun. Moses built an altar and called it to the Lord. The Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Do you see that there? It says, that, tell, Mo, tell Joshua. Make sure that Joshua hears this. God had gifted Joshua to fight the battles. You know, everything that we have this morning, every talent, every gift that, God, that we have is not because of our, ourselves. It is not our own. God has given us those gifts. And he has given those gifts not so that we might be glorified, not so that we might be seen, but that God might be seen, that he might be lifted up, that he might be glorified. And here we see in Exodus chapter 17 that God, it suggests to us that God had chosen Joshua for a special work in the future. Make sure that Joshua hears it, Moses. Make sure that Joshua remembers this victory. It's almost as if God was saying that this battle was going to be a proving ground. This battle was a test to see if Joshua is ready. This is Joshua's proving ground to see that he is ready in the future. Joshua didn't realize this. It was unknown to him. But this battle of Amalek was a test in time. When God was examining his faith and courage. And we can see that Joshua came through with flying colors. He trusted in the Lord. He knew that God would give him the victory. And God gave him the victory that day. You know, there's this gentleman. He's an American author. His name is Orison Marden. And he once said, Make every occasion a great occasion. For you can never tell when someone may be taking your measure for a larger place. You know, God is watching us. Whether we think it, whether we realize it or not, God watches our every move. He watches our actions and he's preparing us. He's getting us ready. You know, this morning, I pray this morning that we would realize that God is watching us today. That he's preparing us this morning. You know, it says, as we see there in Exodus chapter 14, this battle against Amalek. God was watching Joshua and he was using this as a preparing ground, ready, because he knew that Joshua would face greater battles. He knew that there was a day that was coming where he would have to fight against greater armies. He knew there was going to be difficulties ahead. But he knew that if Joshua could trust in him, that he would give the victory. And he was telling Joshua, remember that place. Remember that place. Get ready because that place of victory, where you had that victory, is going to get you ready for the next battles that lie ahead. You know what it says in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10? Don't despise these small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, today as a church, we stand here on this next chapter as a church. And we are believing that God is going to do great and mighty things within the life of this church. But may we not despise these days. May we thank God for these days together. Let's not despise the days of small beginnings. You know, our church began with just a handful of people. But God has given this church an incredible promise that we will see God do great and mighty things. Maybe in your life you think, how could God ever use me for great and mighty things? How could God use me? You, you might think, look at me, I'm just stuck here in Abraham. You might think this morning as we come to church, how could God use this church really? There are about 40 people in here this morning, and there are 9,000 people in Abraham. How could God really use us? Well, this morning I want to encourage you, don't despise the days of small beginnings. This is God's proving ground. As we trust in God here, as we obey God in the small days, in the first days, in the early days, we know that we can trust in Him in the greater days. And as we put our trust in Him here and now, 
We know that he can faithfully lead us. We know that he can do great and mighty things. And we trust in his promises. You know, thank God for the battles. You know, yesterday's battles prepare us for tomorrow's fight. You know, all the victories that you won personally in the past, they're all preparation for the fights that are to come. You know, if we think God has promised us as a church that the latter days will be greater than the former days. But if we think that's going to be easy, then we'll be mistaken. If we think that the devil is just going to let us take Abraham for the glory and honor of God, we've got another thing coming. But you know, we can look back and we can thank God for the victories in the past. And we can say, yeah, God has been with us in the past. So we know that God is going to be with us, not only here and now, but he's going to be with us in the future. Everything that God has done in the past and in the life of this church is proving ground. And it's a time to give thanks, to say, God, thank you, you've been in there in the past. But we know because of that, you're going to be there in the future. Joshua's conflict with Amalek was the preparation for many battles that he would face and fight in the promised land. But you know, the incredible thing is, is that God was with him. God had been with him with Amalek and God was going to be with him as he entered into the promised land. Every battle that he would face in the promised land and the people of Israel would face, God was going to be with him. And God would give him the victory as he trusted in the Lord. Now next week, we're going to continue to look. We're going to continue to go through this book of Joshua. We're going to look again at three more characteristics of Joshua, three more stages in Joshua's life before he succeeded Moses. So we've seen that Joshua, he was a slave. Then Joshua became a soldier. But you know, all of these stages... God was preparing Joshua. He was getting him ready to take, the, lead the people of Israel into the promised land. You know, as we've seen here, realistically speaking, Joshua, he was a nobody. He didn't have any great titles. He was a nobody. He was a slave who became a soldier. But you know, the incredible thing about Joshua is he trusted in God. He knew that God would be with him. He knew that God could do great and mighty things. He's seen God do incredible things. And he knew that God would give him victory. And the amazing thing about Joshua, even over these two things, is that he put his life in the hands of God. And as we'll see over the coming weeks, God did mighty things in and through Joshua. And you know, today I want to encourage you, don't despise your journey. You might have started out and you, your life might have been messed up. You might think you've come from nowhere or nothing. You might think that your life has no significance. I want to encourage you this morning to put your life in the hands of God and watch what God will do in your life. As you surrender your life to him, as you trust your life to him, Joshua was a slave in Egypt, in a foreign land. But yet he trusted in God. And you, you watch what God does in and through that man, what God does through that people. And I believe that the Lord wants to encourage us and he wants to encourage someone here this morning that God uses nobodies to make his name great. God isn't looking for queens or kings to, to use them to make his name great. God is just looking for ordinary available people who are available to him, who will surrender their lives to him, who will put their trust in him, and you watch what God will do in and through your life. I'm a nobody. I'm just from come day. There's nothing great or special about my life. I've been brought up in a great family, but there's nothing great or special in my life. But I know God has called me. That God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And I want to encourage you. You might think that you, you're a nobody this morning. God uses nobodies for the glory and honor of our name. Because it's not about lifting our names up. It's not about seeing us. It's about seeing his name exalted. It's about seeing his name praised. It's about seeing men and women come to know the name of Jesus. Coming to know him as his Lord and Savior. You know, God has got a plan and a purpose for every one of you in the life of this church. As we move him forward as a church. 
It's not about Luke Morgan leading this church. It's about Gateway Church together moving forward and surrendering our lives, each and every one of us, and saying, God, how can you use us? Use each and every one of us so that we might see your name made great. He has a plan for our church, a glorious start, an even more glorious future. I believe in that. I'm trusting in that promise. And I want to encourage you today, as you surrender your life to be used by God, it's amazing what he can do through you. See what God can do in and through you this morning. As you surrender your life to him, it might be a mess right now, but as you trust in him, he can make it whole. He can restore, as we hear this morning. He can heal. He's got a plan and a future for your life. No matter your background, he's got a new start for you. It is a new beginning this morning. It is a new start for the life of this church. We are believing that God's going to lead us into great and mighty things. And we are believing that he has an incredible future for us. And I believe that word comes to us today. See what God can do through you. Wherever you're placed, see what he can do through you. Just trust him. Surrender your life to him and see what he can do in and through your life. Amen. Can we pray?